John. 14. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 222 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And what I'm looking forward to most in 2018 is not dying from any of the things we talked about last week. <laughs> Amen. It got a little dark. No, you should try editing it, going over all of it again after you just listened to it and said it. You know? <laughs> Still not as dark as the dream show. Or the, uh, no, the fear show. Oh, the fear show. Yeah, that one was rough. Yeah, that's the only that's the only one I had to put the um, uh, a warning. Of all the crap that we say on this show, that's the only one I had to put a warning on. Because I'm like, look, this shit's going to get weird. If you like shit getting weird, you might enjoy the great shows over at the Podcast Collective, such as On the Block, Joel's own The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, I Am Salt Lake, Tales from the Hard Side, and of course the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Yep, and if you're looking for our older stuff, it's on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, and all sorts of other podcasting directories. Looking for complaints? Yelling at us, telling us how you think we're going to die. Uh, 708 Now Rap, 708-669-9727, and Geek Life Radio, 12 noon on Saturdays. We're all over the place. We are all over the place, especially tonight. Yeah, we are a thing. Uh, any voicemails, emails, Twitter? Facebook? I sure hope not, because <laughs> I didn't look. <laughs> uh, Let's assume no one wants to talk to us. Aw. I mean, you're probably right, but at the same time. Fair assumption. Yeah. No, our last two uh, voicemails were ones we already heard. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I guess it's about that time already. Wow. Oh, wait. Didn't we get a, a, a something, a, a Facebook message from David Schollenberger? I don't know. <laughs> we did. I'm trying to recall what it was. We yeah, did. I'm trying to figure out how to find it. I'm headed there. Inbox. That's how you find it. That's crazy talk. Hello, gent. I'm making some balloons here. Uh, oh, he got the uh, new topic thought. 1970 show, 1970s show SWAT versus the 2017 show SWAT. There's a SWAT TV show? There Apparently, is a movie. Yeah. yeah oh, I oh. remember going to see it. Oh. Colin, Colin Farrell movie, right? Well, there were, he's making it, oh, he's making it sound like there's a TV show? I, 2017 show SWAT. I, I don't know about any of this stuff. And that's the professionalism that you need here. I don't see well, anything. Well, wasn't our topic. IMDb, I don't though. Know yeah, I mentioned it was something that was sort of on the periphery of our radar, along with a lethal weapon. Oh. Uh, hmm. One of those things that kind of comes up and we uh, pass over it when we're talking about new topics. There is a TV show. Um, it started last year. There's actually an episode on tonight. It's on hmm. CBS. It's got uh, Shamar Moore, Jay Harrington, Lou Frigno Jr. I'm in. Wait, Lou Frigno Jr.? Jr., yeah. Hmm. It's got 12 episodes scheduled, and it just started this year. So, yes, there is a 2017 show, apparently. Yeah. Okay, so th- thanks for the suggestion, <clears throat> David. Yes, that is a thing we will do. And Lou Frigno Jr. Lou Frigno Jr. We will not do. Okay, now it's about that time. All right, it's totally about that time. You're welcome. This week in music, movies, and TV. Sports. Sports. I that one out. Yeah. <laughs>
God damn it. That, that stupid little, that sad little you're welcome at the end got me. You're welcome. <laughs> and it's almost like the score sound from Freddie Farkas. <laughs> All right. So the, the then for this weekend is August 18th, 2013 is right around where we think our first show was released. Wow. Yeah. Four, four and a half years ago. Yeah, holy crap. Why aren't we more famous? What have we been doing wrong? I blame Pat. So do I. Well, Pat, fuck you. You know what? You know what? <laughs> we, we, need, we need controversy. Patrick, go find a dead body hanging in the woods. Can it be mine? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. Not again. <laughs> Wait, he's going to find a dead body hanging in the woods, or he's going to go find a dead body hang it in the woods? While hanging in the woods. Yes. I'll be hanging there and be like, look, over there! I caught the reference, Mike. Thank you. I did not. Sorry. There was a reference in there? Yeah. Missed it. Don't worry, it's not that great. All right. Okay. So, Joel, music. Music. The top three songs in the land are Radioactive by Imagine Dragons, We Can't Stop by Miley Cyrus, and Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke, You Fucking Prick, featuring T.I. and Farrell. Well, that seems unnecessarily (laughs) rude towards Robin Thicke. What did (laughs) he do to you? He's a douchebag. I don't know enough about him to confirm or deny that statement. I just wish that Blurred Lines wasn't so damn catchy. It's a great song. It, musically, and you know, like ear, ear, earbug type song it really is, but it's a terrible fucking song on the, if you listen to what you're saying. Great video, oh. too. Yeah, I was going to say, at least the video introduced the world to Emily Ratajkowski. Yes, the world... Needed to know her, for sure. Indeed. Hmm. Are you looking her up? She's pretty. Uh, Where was I? Oh, yes. Thomas Paul, Tom Paul Glazer, that's how I'd say that, was an American outlaw country music artist (laughs) whose best hit was the Shel Silverstein pen, put another log on the fire. He died August 13th at 79 years old at his home in Nebraska and was promptly absorbed. Outlaw country! (laughs) Just, that's exactly what I was thinking about. As soon as you started to crack up, I was like, he's thinking about Charlene. Yep. Oh, that country! You are not my manager! <laughs> you guys ever heard that song, Put Another Log on the Fire? Uh-uh. Is it dirty? It's pretty funny. It, it's called the Male Chauvinist National Theme. Uh, it's all it's all these little uh, directives towards this woman. You know, like, put another log on the fire, cook me up some bacon and some beans. You know, uh, oh, I have heard it. Yeah, you know, go outside and chop some wood and fix my flat and all that stuff, and then and then come inside and tell me why you're leaving me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Until you said, "Cook me up some bacon and some beans," I, I didn't realize I'd heard it. Yep. <sighs> On August 13th, Luke Bryan's fourth studio album, "Crash My Party," was released and became the Billboard Album of the Year. Now, is that Album of the Year across the board or just country? Album of the year across the board. Crazy. I'm hmm. usually fairly plugged into new music, like more than the average 40-ish year old, and I have no idea who Luke Bryan is. You weren't 40 at the time, though, so you weren't quite as plugged in yet. That's true. He he's a, a he's a, a modern-day pop country guy who you know does a lot of party anthem music. Okay, pop country. That's like, that's where. Exactly. Hmm. Like I Alan listen to Jackson like straight and- top. 40. He, he's one of the new country guys that doesn't wear a cowboy hat. He only wears the trucker hat. 
Oh. So, see, like, ah, that's Alan a- Jackson and Garth Brooks had sex, and this was a result? Like no, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, it's like Larry the Cable Guy and, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good... Uh... Jamie Farr. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be one ugly baby. <laughs> No, Andrew W.K. and Larry the Cable Guy had sex and had a baby, and, and that's Luke Bryan. Wow. I've got the weirdest boner right now. That paints a really vivid <laughs> visual image, though. <laughs> oh, meanwhile. Meanwhile. On August 22nd, at the 2013 MTV Video Music Awards, Miley Cyrus created a controversy by twerking during a duet with Robin Thicke, the fucking prick. A performance <laughs> that some described as raunchy and provocative. It also included a striptease by Lady Gaga, and it featured the first performance of NSYNC in 11 years. Did did Robin Thicke, like, kick your dog or something? I mean, because you, you're not normally such a hostile guy. <laughs> Especially like... against a, a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Like, a lot of vitriol for a, a guy that hasn't really done Is much. Robin Thicke your neighbor, and does he throw his leaves on your lawn? Oh, he's just a dick. Okay. His dad is was such a good guy, and he's just such a waste of space. I, I, of all the things that we talk about, I was, I don't think I had no idea that you would be this strongly about Robin Thicke of all things. <laughs> here's here's an, another goofy thing. Because of this twerking thing, do you know what the most popular male uh, Halloween costume was that year? Beetlejuice. Yep. Robin Thicke. <laughs> yep. Beetlejuice, because that's the only that's the only place people could find the striped suit. Huh. Yeah. First Will Arnett, then Robin Thicke. Man. <laughs> I've softened on Will like, Arnett though. What is what is your opinion of Bismarcky? I like Bismarcky. He was in Sharknado too. Alright, then, <laughs> then what what is your opinion of um Dino? He had a one hit wonder. It's not a bad song. I'm, saying, like, I'm just trying to come up with other one hit wonders. I want to know like do you have a lot of lot, lot of really strong opinions about other one hit wonders? We're not gonna get a better perfect Joel sentence than I like Biz Marquis. He was in Sharknado too. <laughs> That's a soundbite, dude. <laughs> uh, the the rare Sharknado two slash uh uh what's that fucking show called? Um Oh damn it. He played uh with the, um, with the big vibrator on it and the talking... Jesus. Uh, <laughs> the joke's gone, dude. <laughs> I have... I don't know what road you guys are going, but I cannot follow. <laughs> what the fuck is that show? It reminds me of the shows on the Podcast Collective, where you can find other shows. <laughs> oh, man. Like uh, the left field sports? You think stars. about it. I'll move on to Movies. Movies. Movies released this week included Kick-Ass 2, which I've still not seen. That's good. The World's End, which I have seen. It's good. And We're the Millers, which was the number one movie of the week. We're the Millers is pretty damn funny. It really was. It was it was much funnier than it needed to be. Yeah. My my favorite scene is when he goes to get his hair cut. I forget, I forget the line. I want I want a haircut that shows that I've given up on life living in the suburbs. And yeah. I, the guy behind him just points to his head. This one, <laughs> nice. And then a weird, a weird cameo by by um, Ben Folds too. So kind of is that the one with Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's 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 a I it's one of those that I put on just because I heard it was all right, but it was, it was a lot better than it sounded. All right. So it's, it's, check it it's out. pretty funny. Yeah, I, I do recommend it. And this is coming from Pat. Pat hates everything. Yep. Speaking of things, Pat hates. 
One Direction. <laughs> this is us. The 3D concert film of One Direction, directed by Morgan Spurlock, premiered in London on August 20th. Morgan, why? Oh, yeah, money. Spurlock. Supersize Me, Inside yeah. Man. Oh. The greatest movie ever sold. Huh. One Direction, this is us. <laughs> Shut up. I try to smart, I try to erase that from my memory. He's yeah. an entertaining documentarian, but I don't know. Hey, so everybody's got to pay the bills. Yeah, Cashola. I can't blame him. Oh, this one makes me sad. Mm. Elmore Leonard, American author and screenwriter, died from complications from a stroke at 87 years old on August 20th. Oh, he was absurd. My birthday. That's sad. He's one of my favorite uh, authors. He wrote yeah. a lot of really good shit. If you don't know him, I don't know how. Yeah. If you, if, I think if you've watched movies in the last 10 years, you know his work even if you don't think you do. Yeah, exactly. Mm. A lot of people don't even understand how much he had written. Well, even long before that. Oh, yeah. Before he did all the crime stuff that always ends up with people pointing guns at each other. He was a very a prolific Western writer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, 310 to Yuma. Yep. If you want, that's a great stepping in for his stuff right there, man. Good stuff. And Agreed. the books are good, we too. We should do an Elmore Leonard show. There you go. Wow. <laughs> we should do an Alzheimer's show. <laughs> We've already talked about that, I think. TV, before we go down this road. The top TV shows were NCIS, the acronym of the week. Nope. 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 Breaking Bad, not the acronym of the week. Hannibal, the Americans, Game of Thrones, and the acronym of the week. Yes, this one's an acronym of the week. T-B-B-T. That's the British classic. Two blowjobs before T. <laughs> it's also what Bill the Cat says. Says? Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> he says two blowjobs before T? The very, he's a very he's talented a very, very cat. cat. <laughs> very promiscuous British cat. He says a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bloom County. Oh. No, that is uh, the Big Bang Theory. Actually. Ugh. 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 I've never seen it. If you ever want to see why the Big Bang Theory is terrible, watch people have taken videos and taken the laugh tracks out of the Big Bang Theory. And it's not it's not funny. It's just depressing. We have discussed this before, and I do not have the hatred for that show that you guys do. I've never seen it, Pat, so I have no opinion. It's if like you if, watched the first season, you'd be all right. It got progressively worse. Yeah. Imagine if Robin Thicke made a TV show, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, look, the nerd, they're people. That's, that's the punchline. Yep. That's all you have. I mean, I, I just don't get the hate for it because it's not anywhere near like as offensive as a some of the and do maybe this is or poorly, but it's conversations we. Pat, I, what your entire rant just totally blanked out. Oh, I got I got like nothing, and then went and another thing, and then it blanked <laughs> out again. So I'm actually going to leave that in. So <laughs> it was damn funny. Funnier than the Big Bang Theory. Well, oh, you know you know what else is funnier than the Big Bang Theory? Lisa Robin Kelly. She was an American. Well, yeah, she was an American actress who was most famous for playing Laurie Foreman, older sister of the main character Eric Foreman, on that '70s show. She battled pill and alcohol addiction her entire life, and ultimately took her life on August 14th at age 43. 
she was absorbed man all her life so like what she was three and popping pills and it i've read some stuff about her and yeah it was bad like early teens come being drunk and you know alcoholic at like 14 that sort of thing that's rough <clears throat> your little jokes funny man yeah you can you can say anything because her middle name is robin thick that oh. says it all. <laughs> <laughs> On August 14th, the fourth season premiere of Duck Dynasty made history for A&E, pulling in 11.8 million viewers, the largest audience ever for an original series produced for ta- cable television and the highest rated series in A&E's 29-year history. I never understood that juggernaut. Me either. I never watched it, so I guess I can't really judge it, but I never... I never got it. I mean, it was insane there for a while. They have their own wine. Well, I, I have just very little uh, appreciation for any reality show where it's based on, oh, let's watch a slice of life from these people. It's like, I don't give a shit about anybody else's life. Why do I don't watch them live their life? You know, it's like, life's already boring enough. Why do I got to watch somebody else live theirs? You know, but you don't, they're bearded and racist. You don't have to watch it. And I don't, but I'm just saying, I don't understand the popularity in any of these shows. Duck Dynasty, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, you know. Big Bang Theory. Any of these fucking shows that you want to talk about where it's like, you know, first of all, it's not even reality shows because it's all fucking, you know, made up bullshit. It's not like you're just fucking recording them in their real life situations, you know. I don't know. It's just stupid. Reality show is dumb. Reality TV is dumb. Well, there goes your shot at reality television. No, I mean, I would be great, but... (laughs) In just be 45 minutes <laughs> waiting for you to wake up. Oh, Prime time, Patrick. That's my life. That's our Pat. Sports. Not yet. Not yet? <laughs> Don't steal my thunder. I'll steal your sunshine. Sports. Sports? Sports. <laughs> well, that's me, isn't it? That is you. Hey, all right. I think he's talking to you. On August 17th, Fox Sports rebrands and revamps two of their specialty sports channels into broader sports networks. The motorsport-oriented Speed becomes Fox Sports 1, while extreme sports-oriented Fuel TV becomes Fox Sports 2. That's all I have to say about that. Fox Sports. The Ocho. (laughs) The Ocho. All right. Also on August 17th, at the 14th World Championships in Athens, Usain Bolt won yet another 200-meter race. It was like number seven of eighty-four or something. Right. Know. Yeah. When That's he was insane. on his just absolute tear of winning everything. He always seems to be a cool guy on those things. He seems to be very nice. You know, like the like the guys who just stand there and attend to things on the side of the you know, on the side of the road on the side of the track and all that, and he'll come over and like shake their hands or fist bump them or something and they all get excited. I mean, I'd get excited about it, but they yeah. he's like more human than the rest. Until he's yeah, running. <laughs> I believe he's retired now. So he starts running, and then you're like, oh, no, he's a cheetah. He's not a cheetah. He won that on... Oh, never mind. Yeah, no. <laughs> Take I us did, out, I keyboard Joel. I didn't even want to make that joke. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, yeah, so... That's why there's no card games in the jungle. Too many cheetahs. Jesus. <laughs> Good God. So we decided to do a wrap-up. 2018 we would have done it last week but 2017 wasn't over so what we have over now thank god yeah well i welcome the 
dark grip of 2018. <laughs> um, we are taking a look at the shows that we did last year, what we liked about them, and we're also taking a look into things that are supposed to be coming up. I say supposed to because a lot of things that we see are that are aimed to be released in 2018 may not make it, but uh, stuff that well, we're excited like, for. The last time we did a show like this, we talked about what we were excited about coming up, and I talked about uh, Con- the Conan movie, mm-hmm. um, and that still has not come out. Yeah, and that was... came and went. Yeah, so that was about the same time this year, or same time last year, so... <clears throat> so, I think uh, Patrick put himself at the top of the list on this one. No, I didn't, but... <laughs> Some, I ended up there. Look Somehow at you wound up there. All right, Pat, you said episode 187, Cover Songs, was your favorite yes. show. Yes. I had a lot of fun in that episode. Um, I'm normally not a huge fan of cover songs, but it was nice to like talk about so- cover songs that don't suck. And... You guys introduced me to a lot of songs that I didn't know before, and some of them I still thought sucked. No, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, Joel. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I thought uh, it was funny. Yeah, I did too. I, I <laughs> need a dick, Pat. <laughs> uh, me too. They're small. <clears throat> you know, only if they're yours. Oh, that's why do I have dicks on hand? That's so, what everybody wants to know, Joel. I mean, I mean, I, I didn't even know I had them, like, here. I don't know where we're going with this. I don't know where you're going with this either. Anyway, cover songs. But, yeah, um, I just, like I said, I, I enjoyed that episode. I hope we do another one soon. Yeah, and we did a kind of a weird um, a take on this one, too, whereas instead of doing, normally we would do, I, the way I guess I, we could have done it would have been, like, cover songs that we liked back in the 80s and 90s. But in this one, we went with cover songs that we like now, and they're originals from back then. Yeah. So we had stuff like, um, we dug pretty deep on it. Like, well, the Folsom Prison Blues cover that we found. Uh, we had the Nine Inch Nails, Hurt, that got covered by Johnny Cash. That was one of our favorites. Um, Bizarre Love Triangle. Zoe De Chanel. Yeah, and then uh, Pat's uh, Over the Rainbow Silly Love Songs by Wings, you know, that all got um, covered. And it was kind of weird because what I think I liked about that one, too, is because I had found, well, you know, my like, Pat, you know my favorite band is In Excess. Never Tear Us Apart getting covered by Joe Cocker is something that I found for the for the now, which is a great, it's on my playlist now because it's awesome. But Yeah, it was a pretty good cover. It really was. <clears throat> so out of all these, do you remember... Which one stood out to you the most as being a, uh, a song that you had never heard before and like even more now? Uh, there, was, <laughs> uh, there was a version. I'm trying to think of it, it. I didn't even pick it for the show, to be honest with you. But there was a version of uh, Folsom Prison Blues that was done by. Um, remember, I gave you guys the link to it. It was done by the Everlast. guy. Who, huh? Everlast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was like a <laughs> hip hop and country version together. It was. Mm hmm. It was really good. So, like, even though, oh, like, yeah. even though that didn't make the show, I would say that was the song that I was most happy to have been introduced to because of that show. I remember that. That one had the repetitive sound in it that bothered me. Yeah, like yeah. the screeching yeah. tire noise in the background. Yep. Otherwise, yeah, it was an interesting take on it. So, all but right. I remember, well, I remember Pat being really, like, opposed to it at first. Not, like, super opposed, but just because, like you said before, you weren't a fan of cover songs so the fact that we were doing a whole show on it was kind of 
Yeah. Could have been a hit or miss. You you voiced your uh, dissent on that one pretty vocally when we were initially uh, talking about it. Yeah. I mean, because most cover songs are either unnecessary or just not good. And, you know, it's, it's just difficult to find a quality cover song. Well, I think most of us tried to find stuff that was its own take on it and wasn't just a straight up duplicate. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't like it, we still found songs that were not carbon copies. True. Which I think is part of the reason you ended up enjoying it. I and all the rest that. of us were on board anyway. Oh, yeah. I got to talk about Frente. <laughs> <laughs> which we haven't talked about much since college, so it was about time. Yeah. That, so, yeah. That's one that I suspected, like, I, I let you off the hook not having to talk about it the way uh, Mike did for me with People Are Strange. Yeah, it was one that I came across, and I'm like, oh, wait. And I, other things took its place. And then I think you put it in the list. Didn't we do a list ahead of time? I forget if we did a... Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I remember my songs, and I, I think I could parse out who did what, even though they're not uh, listed in the show notes for that episode. Well, I think you all know what I did. <clears throat> Yes, we know what you did. <laughs> we all know what you did. Is it safe? The summer? Yeah, we all know what you did in the summer. Is it safe? Oh, nice. All right. So my pick was train spotting. Strangely enough, in going. See, through. that's interesting. <clears throat> when I saw that in the show notes. Well, because he, he had never seen train spotting. I think oh, that's that's right. Yeah, and that okay. Was, uh, that was like like Pat had said that in that was show two hundred and three. Um, I had never seen Train Spotting. I'd only heard I have the uh, soundtrack, so I knew the music for it, but I had never actually seen the movie. And I watched Train Spotting and Train Spotting Two back to back in one night, and it which kind of ruined the whole you know what happened in the interim conversation for you, but well a little bit, pretty but, much knew right away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. It, I, I ex- was not expecting it to be as good as it was. You know, I know you guys had talked about it all the time, that sort of thing. But it's, it was, it was a lot better than I expected it to be. And I actually, one of the one of those situations where I actually cared about the characters, even though they're, you know, heroin addicts. Uh, the other thing about the show, well, I mean, I was, that's just a testament to, like we said in the in the show, how good those characters were written and, and acted. Yeah. No, completely. The other thing I remember from that show is that one that was also one of the longest um, acronyms that Josh had to deal with, too. Oh, yeah. Let me look back on that one. And so Y-M-M-H backslash L-I-F. And whenever we do these, occasionally I'll go back to try and figure out what it was I came up with for the acronym of the week. And I, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. <laughs> Can't even well, pull out a new one on the fly. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Not with seven letters. This one was my second choice if we had extra time uh, to pick. And probably the biggest reason was because we finally came to the conclusion that Spud is my spirit animal. See, that was the thing. is That was the only thing I remembered about this show, about mm. this episode, That's... is that we figured out Joel was Spud. Yeah, because yeah, we kind of all pegged each other for which character we would be. And that was because of that just being kind of a, a foregone conclusion. And I hadn't even realized it until, you know, 20 years later. Well, we all realized it after we saw the movie. In the theater? Yeah, 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 yeah. Back in the day. Back in the day. 
I, I just enjoyed revisiting it. And I, I had such apprehension about the sequel that uh, I was glad to see that we were all in agreement, you know, and that it did, didn't suck. Yeah. And that's, that is one thing that we, I don't want to say it makes a less entertaining show, but when we have a show that a, a movie or TV show that we watch that all of us enjoy and all of us like, you know, I, I, kind of feel bad for the listeners because there's not a lot of fighting. <laughs> there's not, you know, Pat well, especially get if we can't get too deep into the plot or whatever. We're just like, yeah, that was pretty good. Or, mm-hmm. yep, that sucked. Let's <laughs> stretch this out for 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, every now and then we have those ones where we hated it so much. We just don't want to talk about it. We end up distracted and talking about everything else. See oh. also the shaft show. Yeah. Didn't that happen last week a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, we started getting a little too too real on our issues. Oh no, I was thinking uh, that and uh, Christmas Story. Boy, that was yeah, Christmas. Story yeah, too, Christmas we... Story too. We drifted a bit. Yeah. Once we got to the second half, we were all over the road. Yeah, and in editing that one, I was you know going through the edit. And I'm like, hmm, really talk about the movie too much. Talked about a lot of different things. Interjected <sighs> randomly with, yeah, the sequel. This world's terrible movie. This sucked. And then talked about something else for a while, but. It's what like, we got. Man, how much did you hate that movie? <laughs> <laughs> but no, Train Spotting. I mean, I, I am, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I liked it. You know, it's, uh, I, I almost want to say that I regret not watching it earlier. But I think the mindset that I'm in right now in watching the sequel stuck with me a lot better than it would have if I had watched the sequel when it came out a few years ago. Probably. And that episode definitely gave me the push I needed to finally watch T2 because that was on my radar for a long time, but I just not made the time to see it. Mm. Same. Definitely the same. It was a catalyst for sure. And I'm glad that I had that opportunity. Because otherwise I probably would have put it off for a while longer. I, I doubt I would have even seen it, to be honest with you. I didn't have a whole lot of interest in seeing it because I thought it was going to suck. And like you said, it probably stuck with you a little longer because I don't really remember much about it. Already. About the sequel? Yeah, already. I mean, I remember it, but I mean, I don't remember like like I I do train spotting the first one. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, we've only seen the sequel once, but I, I think one of the reasons why it kind of stuck with me is because the ages of the actors and their characters are so parallel to ours. And in, aside from the heroin addiction, some of our experience, because the second one really is about trying to figure out what kind of person you're going to be once you hit middle age. And that's a lot of what this show's about. Yeah. And dick and fart jokes. I should start <laughs> doing heroin. Again. Again, yeah. Today. <clears throat> and no, moving on, no surprise, I completely saw this one coming. Joel and... Oh. The number two of the Doctor Who shows. No, the whole two-parter, I think, is what he's saying. Oh, the whole two-parter. Oh, 200 okay. and 201. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the Doctor Who two-parter, yeah, of course. It's just a, a given that, uh, you know, something that is so much part of my life and something so beloved to me that when we do a show, not one but two shows on it, I feel bad for Pat because he hasn't gotten his prisoner show yet. But at the same time, I'm happy for me because we did Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> And we got Pat to watch it. And, he and I've didn't. watched a few episodes since then, too. What? Mostly yeah, in New Who, I'd guess, right? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, I don't expect him to dig into the deep, the deep end of the pool, the old stuff. 
any more than he had to anyway. But I'm enjoying it. So which episodes have you have you watched recently that you liked? Yeah, I'm curious. Oh, not recently. I mean, like, like I watched them like after the episode. I, for like, I watched like three episodes and then the, the, the two weeks afterwards. Oh. I haven't watched them since then though. So I would, I can't, you know, not recently. So whatever the next four episodes, three episodes were, okay. I watched those. That's still more I than went I was on like, a tear. Like the, one, the one that had the 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 uh, fucking woman, the last human or whatever, when he went to go see the end of the world with her. And, oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And it, it, there's a couple of callbacks to that eventually, as you get um, in more new Who. I figured there might be because they introduced so many tertiary characters. Um, I went on a tear right before the Christmas special because for a week BBC America had uh, a complete takeover, 24 <laughs> hours uh, for the whole seven days leading up to the Christmas special. Oh, so just a couple I, weeks ago. Yeah, I rewatched a bunch of stuff and uh, saw a couple of episodes that I had not yet seen, including one Joel had recommended. Oh, which was uh, a good man goes to war was one of the Matt, Matt Smith ones that I had not yet watched. Oh, you hadn't. That's true. Right. Yeah. Remember that. Now you hadn't seen that yet. That's one of my favorite Matt Smith ones. That's a good one. Uh, that opening sequence is is just awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love that one. And I was sad to see. Capaldi go uh, on Christmas Day, but uh, at the same time, as depressing and sad as that was, it was it was fun to see uh, the new Doctor take over, and um, it was a good send off. It was a really solid episode, and I think doing the show at the time we did was was appropriate based off of you know the fact that things were changing, and um, of course it made me happy to talk about it for. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much, but how how about that cliffhanger? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen, but it seems like in any time that a new doctor takes over there, lately it seems like anyway, there's been some sort of a peril that's happening at that moment. Like yeah. uh, when Capaldi took over and the ship was crashing and he <laughs> was wondering what color his kidneys were. Yeah, he was a little... Uh, didn't like the color of his kidneys. Sorry. Yeah, he was a little off when he first took over. And I think that's a reason why a lot of people didn't like Capaldi at first. But I, I've watched a lot of Capaldi recently, and they finally figure out what to do with his character. Mm. I wish they would have figured it out sooner, but it, it, all in all, I mean, it, it was a, a good episode, uh, two-part episode. And I hope at some point, Pat, this is for you, that we do your Prisoner show so you can be happy like I was. No, it, I don't even want it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Next week, The Prisoner. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> No, that's never going to happen. Oh, wait, am I muted? Sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I'm pretty sure it's not, not ever going to happen. It will. Maybe no, for your birthday. <laughs> Somebody jot that down. I was going to say. I like don't happen. Joel, if you want to see some good early Capaldi, dig up uh, Neverwhere, the TV uh, show. Huh, I've read the book. <clears throat> I'll have to check that out. Yeah, huh. it's. Um, I forgot he plays one of the angels, if I remember correctly. Well, I've heard good things about the thick of it as well. Uh, so at some point, I'll dig back into the that. And that's that's uh, uh, Neil Gaiman, right? Neil, yeah, Neil Gaiman. Um, who, where is he? He plays Ilsington and 1996 Peter Capaldi. Yeah, I actually think I have the book in my glove box in my car. It's always good <laughs> to have a Neil Gaiman story nearby. A license registration and Neil Gaiman book. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's not even like one of my favorite authors. It just happens to be the books that's in my car. Hmm. You happen to have your copy of Catcher in the Rye? Which one? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, all right. Moving on. Josh. I like snacks. Snacks are fun. I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my pick, it's interesting that uh, our picks, Pat's and Mike's, were shows that were right next to each other and mine and Joel's, because right off of the Doctor Who two-parter, we went into a memory show. Uh, I actually think we did Doctor Who, Joel's two favorite, and then my favorite all in one long marathon day, if I recall. I think we did. I think that was, yeah, because that was right around 2002. What's the date on that one? Uh, It was 720. So, yeah, everything was kind of messed up in late July with, I know, my birthday kind of threw things off. Mm Mm-hmm. But memory shows, you know, like I know they're one of your favorite formats for us, Josh. Especially the food shows. Like uh, we're starting to run out of food topics, and this is one where everyone sort of questioned: Are we going to be able to talk for ninety minutes about snacks? And the answer turned out to be very yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked. I mean, we went on discussing the different types of snacks. And we actually categorized it. Sweet, the savory uh, is the two categories that we had. And, you know, discovering of, you know, love of Funyuns, whether or not, you know, discussion about whether or not we like popcorn, pre-pop, microwaved, or Jiffy Pop, or all that sort of thing. Pop, pop, pop in your mouth. Happy. It's like my joke got a little... A little theme song there. And I remember after that... Uh, Patrick was on a quest for Krispy Kreme fruit pies for a while. Uh, and I finally finally I got brought, some when I got to Chicago. I yeah. brought you some to Gen Con, yeah. Too. yeah. We yeah. got some at Woodman's. but And I feasted on all of them at night. Woodman's. You pooped. Glorious snack mecca. What? Woodman's. Oh, okay. They had, they've Still got never like, been to a Woodman's. It's overwhelming. It is. They have many things. I'll and, have to go there. And once again, and, we went in and bought way too much stuff. They have lots of snacks. So, and Jay, did you learn of any new snacks on this one, Josh? Oh yeah, I learned. Uh, well, I after this one, I had my trip to uh, England and Ireland. So mm. there were definitely some snacks that would have been talked about in this show had uh, it been recorded later. I had some absolutely insane uh, crisps. One of them was like hot pickled onion flavor, and it had this onion with a demon face on it. Hot. Sounds like my farts. Hot pickled demon. Hot pickled onions. That was Ooh. that was one of the flavors of crisp. <clears throat> hmm. I think I got that in Dublin, and it was awesome. I was like, "This is exactly yes. This this tastes like pickled onions." I didn't know this was a thing. Huh. Turned Sounds out like we could do was, snacks part two. Yeah, it was delicious. Right. What did, what's the what did it taste like? I mean, what's it was sour and I mean that's the thing is you've got a, a more intense onion flavor than a funyun. Okay. But, uh, uh, this bite from this intense sourness. Hmm. That sounds awful to me. I don't know. That sounds I like because I like the vinegar and uh... yes, yes, sea salt <clears throat> vinegar. I'm not a fan of. So. Oh well, you're dead to me. <laughs> I would try it. I'm also not a fan of peanut butter and mayonnaise. 
Well, nobody but me is. That that I've just come to accept. <laughs> Something wrong with you. Was the snack show the one where uh, we talked about Zagnut bars? No, that was way back. I don't. I think that was another food memory show. We might have actually talked about Zagnut bars when we did the dessert show, which was like my runner-up. I think I think that is where the Zagnut bar. Because I know again after it seems like after all the food shows, one of us runs off trying to find whatever it is that we were talking about. And Pat had the uh, idea for to hunt down the Zagnut bars. And I'm very glad I did. Yeah, it turns out it's a pretty good candy bar. Yeah, especially if you dip in peanut butter. And mayonnaise? <laughs> I was just going to say that. No. Uh. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to add chocolate to that. It's already perfect. Mm. Uh. Well, I do always like the memory shows. One, because it's low prep, but it's just funny how once we get going, it just it seems like the best conversation comes when there's not any real direction per se. I mean, we have our own individual thoughts on where we want to go, but then the other person picks up on something and it just kind of goes off into weird places, which is just a good time. So, well, yeah. And with a lot of the other formats, we each have our particular thing. We're more into like, uh, no one's going to get, as into a grindhouse style movie as you, Joel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, if we're talking video games, it's probably going to be me and Mike talking most of the time with you and Pat occasionally saying something like, I love the video game shows, but it's not necessarily central to your experience the way it is to mine. Yeah. Unless we're talking about old school gaming and then I've got a little bit more room to move, but right. We all have our own niches and, when we do the shows, usually one of us that recommends it is has some sort of stake in it or interest, and so mm-hmm. that kind of drives it. Stake, stake. <laughs> <laughs> Let's drive for stake. Drive. Wait, what? That I, got weird. <laughs> <laughs> See, food memory show. I don't know. The beef show. <laughs> steak. The mm-hmm. steak show. I don't think we can talk about that for two. We don't have money for steak. Steak. <laughs> what is that from? The Simpsons. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've milked this steak as far as it, it's going to go. Well, milk steak. <laughs> real quick, my my third choice since the, my top two, I got to talk about just to throw this out there and kind of show what impact the show has. Sometimes, uh, the Saint. <laughs> I just finished the first season of uh, the Roger Moore Saint. Okay. Hey, Shut up about Roger Moore. So, on to season two. Nobody likes oh. Roger Moore other than you. Not even Roger Moore likes him as much as you do. It, it was too uh, recent, and I couldn't remember if we were all on the show, so I didn't want to pick it for my favorite. But uh, I enjoyed the hell out of the Archie versus Riverdale show. That just was- because it was surprisingly... Uh, uh, like just a real fast flowing conversational. We had a lot to say about it. Yeah, that I actually that was my number two choice. The yeah, Archie. Just like sh- I wasn't on that one. That, that was the was other thing. The reason I didn't <laughs> pick it is because I thought you weren't on it. Yeah. Did, have but you ever? Was, oh. oh, I was gonna say, Pat. Have you ever taken our advice and watched Riverdale? No. Oh. You know, some people at work were talking about it a week ago, and they were going on and on about how it's nothing like I was expecting. The only thing it shares is the character names and town and it's amazing you need to see it and just on and on and on that's also an episode where i remember what the acronym of the week was hmm. I don't know. that was uh 
Antonio Hardy, better known as BDK. Big Dick Kangaroo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. All right. So when we come back, we are going to talk about what we're looking forward to, hopefully, in 2018. A lot of remakes and a lot of cool stuff coming up, and all of us have picked one thing or category, and uh, we are going to chat about that on the next round. Be back in a little bit. I've got backups. You can back that up, man. Beep. We're back, and all of us scoured the internet. We spent the entire day scouring for things that we are excited about remakes and stuff coming up in 2018. Um, Which there's a lot out there. There is, and there's a lot out there, and there's a lot of stuff that's been like announced or in you know in progress or something like that. You know, it's uh, um, not so much a release date on them but it's in in process type of thing so like two years ago we could have done this with the remake of uh american werewolf in london that still hasn't landed right or or time bandits which is still stuck in or pat's conan the barbarian Con- the legend of conan what was yeah, it the legend of conan yeah i thought it was king conan no it's about him being king but it's called the legend of conan oh. yes well i i went through and i grabbed a few things just in case that but I only looked for things that had directors and stars attached to it or that mm-hmm. had trailers already. Yeah, so we all have, let's see, we've got three movies and something else. Yep. Mystery thing at the end. All right, so, but Joel, not surprisingly, has well, Halloween. Yes, once again, Halloween is uh, getting another start, as will most horror franchises. Uh, Nightmare Elm Street's about to get its third. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre just had its fourth now, I think. But um, yeah, Halloween. And this is a weird one because Danny McBride is the one who championed it. And most of you know Danny McBride is a comedic actor, although he's been starting to show his horror pride a bit more lately. And, and uh, he was really good in Alien, the new yeah, latest Alien movie. He was good in Alien Covenant, and he's starting to put his feelers out there because I think people kind of question his, his, uh, his reputation. But if you look at somebody like Jordan Peele, who did get out, I mean, that was the best horror film of last year. And here's a guy who's primarily known as a goofy comedian. Well, look at, um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to step in it, but, uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. There's a guy that does some hellaciously good, uh, serious acting roles. And again, guy that's known for a rubber being a rubber face. Um, but it's got a weird pedigree because Dana McBride co-wrote it with David Gordon Green, who is the guy who – the only one I put here that I thought you guys would recognize is Pineapple Express was his baby. Um, and uh, they got Jamie Lee Curtis back, and it is not part of any other part of the franchise or reboot. It is a direct sequel to the original 1978 uh, John Carpenter film that takes place after 
the first one, obviously in the future. Does it ignore the events of the second one? Yep. It writes off two through uh, eight and the two Rob Zombie films, and it starts, you know, 40 years after the original. Wait, are you telling me that Silver Shamrock is not in this? Yep. All of that is does not exist in this yeah. world. Fuck that noise. <laughs> so after uh, the last battle in, in um, the original between Loomis and, and Michael Myers, things dissipate. And uh, this is kind of the final showdown between him and Laurie Strode. But 40 years later. Huh. That's kind of awkward for our show, considering we've already done the original Halloween. Yeah, that's the only thing that I was questioning. And the uh, the thing I was thinking about, though, was that since it's not technically Halloween, it's Halloween 2. If we do the show, we could do Halloween 2 versus this Halloween. Ah, because okay. we've covered the original Halloween and we've covered Season of the Witch, but we have not done Halloween 2. We, right. co- we covered Season... No, we haven't done Season of the Witch. We didn't? No. I'm pretty sure we did. Did we? I thought we talked about it at some point. Yeah, because I remember re-watching it. Okay. Someone go out and take take a look at that for us. <laughs> but anyway, it seemed like it might be a way to, to do part two and then that one. And f- everything I'm reading about it has been positive and uh, they're going back to making it suspenseful and not bloody and gory. And um, I think this could potentially be something really good. See, that's one of the things that I, what's the word? I didn't, I didn't really, I don't like um, in the trends of movies where it goes from being a attention-driven one, like the original Halloween was. I mean, there were gory parts to it, but for the majority of it, it was like you never know where he's going to be popping out of type of thing, especially when they did it from his eyes. But And then when they make that switch into full gore. In the first one, I don't think there's any gore at all. No. There's a little bit of blood, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy gets the, um, doesn't the guy get something in his eye? No, that's um, that's but, part two. Yeah. Or no, no, that is part one. Uh, Michael Myers gets oh, a coat hanger right. in the eye, but there's no real blood per se. Mm. But, uh, you know, it could go either way because Texas Chainsaw 3D, which was a direct sequel to the original Chainsaw Massacre, was not good. It had interesting moments, but when you have a, a 20-year-old playing a 30- or 40-year-old, it, yeah, it doesn't work. Mm. So, I got I got high hopes. Didn't it have Jessica Biel in it though. No, it had uh, uh, Diodato. What's her first name? I can't think of it all of a sudden. Daddario. Oh, Alexandra Daddario. Yeah. yeah, it's one of her first movies, like starring huh. roles. Okay. But it was '74 when the original took place, and this oh, I'm, was. Oh, I'm thinking of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Well, this was this was Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh, okay. And it was supposed to be however many 30 years later and she was supposed to be like 10 in the original and now supposed to be like 40 and she's clearly not <laughs> that old. Hmm. But anyway, do you know anything about the plot line of it? No, they've been pretty quiet so far. Okay. Just that it's her versus Michael Myers. That's all they really talked about so far. Yeah. Pat, you're thinking of the 2003 one. Yeah. That's just, I know, I know we watched it for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the first reboot that Michael Bay produced. Okay. So forgettable, I don't even remember if I liked it. It it bears repeated viewing. I've grown to like it after seeing it several times. Okay. 
So on to uh, your pick, Mike. Yeah, I dug through it, and there's a lot of stuff that I'm excited about. Joel kept throwing things like uh, Anim- Animaniacs getting rebooted on uh, Hulu and um, Clue getting rebooted and new Clue, uh, which Clue Worldwide is what it sounds like. Um, but one thing I'm that not always... I'm shouting! I'm not shouting! <laughs> I'm not shouting! I'm not shouting! All right, I'm shouting! Um, <laughs> I That would be a drinking game you don't want to play with me. Match match lines on Clue. Right. Yeah. Um, but one of the movies that really sticks with me and I, is a, I'll say good background type stuff, but another one that's just really helps me out and when I need to relax type of movie is Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. It's one of my top films. Oh, yeah. Kurt Russell in, I mean, just classic Kurt Russell-ish. I mean, he is, he is 100% what he's supposed to be. Um, it's a fun movie, lot of lot of uh, lore to it, a lot of background to it. The I think it's one of the top ten movies of the eighties. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean you've got a classic kung, supernatural kung fu story told from the perspective of the goofy sidekick. Yeah, and, and like you know, and, and there's very little that he actually does to influence much of the plot. Oh, he has absolutely nothing to do with the plot. I mean, and, and I think that's why. Jack Burton is such a. I'm saying I don't want to use the phrase everyman because it sounds so trite, but why he's so relatable because yeah. he's stuck in a world that has nothing to do with him. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just along for the ride. He's <laughs> kind of the hero, but everybody else is the, doing. He shoots the beholder in the face. What? You never know till you try. I know he <laughs> does get low pan. Yeah, with the oh, truck. Yeah. Yeah. No, with the well, knife. No, with the knife. It's all in the oh, reflex. Oh, that's yeah. right. He ran the truck. It didn't do anything. That's right. It's all in the reflexes. Um, but they have announced that they want to do Big Trouble in Little China with nobody else but Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And I, I'm excited about this, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. Well, they're not. He's not going to be the butt of any any action jokes. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't know because Kurt Russell was pretty stacked. I mean, yeah, he was but you in know good what I'm shape. saying? Like Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson is not going to let himself, you know, be unconscious for the fight scenes. Well, I don't know. I mean, he seems to have a pretty good sense of humor about himself. It's just like, oh, yeah, can they, can they ahead, pull that off? He's definitely very self-deprecating. It's not a matter that he won't, but it's just, why are you going to hire The Rock to be in this movie if you're going to have him be knocked out during the fight scenes? Well, I mean, look at the uh, Jumanji. His character, yeah, his. Um, the character that he plays is actually, I think he's one of the girls, gets put into his body. No. Oh, no? God. Is it? No, he's, he, he's the nerdy white guy. Oh, the nerdy white guy. Okay, so, I mean, the it's... The girl, the, the switch is from the hot girl to Jack Black. Oh, okay. I knew there was a switch in there somewhere. I think he could pull it off. I think I think he's got, I don't want to say range, because this character doesn't need a lot of range, but I think he's got the chops to make it funny. Um, writing credits on there right now, they've got a, uh, well, W.D. Richter is listed on there because he's the one who came up with the, uh, the characters to begin with. He's a writer for the original 1986 one, but Jack Stentz, who was a writer on Thor, Ashley Miller, who was on Thor and X-Men First Class, and, um, producer on one of my favorite TV shows, Fringe, and Gary Goldman, a writer for Total Recall... Next, Minority Report, and that sort of, and a couple other uh, 
you know, great movies. Um, I I want to have high hopes on this one, but the first, I, I guess the first one I'm, what I'm afraid of is the first one so close to my heart. Well, yeah, and when it comes to questionable remakes, a lot of them have Dwayne Johnson in them, and frequently he takes a film that would have been awful, and just on the strength of his personality, he makes it watchable at least. Mm-hmm. And that's my one redeeming thing, is if it was Jim Carrey, I'd be like, well, shit, you know, that's the end of that. Jim Carrey could not pull off Jack Burton. The Rock Johnson, though? Roger Moore apparently told me all over it. Oh, yeah, he would totally <laughs> be over it. Um, but The Rock Johnson, he's he's proven himself to be funny. I could even see this one being done with uh, Terry Crews. Oh, Terry yeah. Crews is one funny man. He yes, really he is. is. Yeah. yeah, he is. I mean, that's, that is a man who has gone from the bottom to the top in a very short time, but it still s- stays grounded. Oh, yeah. Everyone who has come into contact with him loves him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see Terry Crews pulling that, too. I mean, being the, you know, super buff guy, but just not a not a, not a hero or not a fighter. You know, that's... I could see him pulling that sort of thing off too, but I think out of the out of the muscle men, I guess, of the movies now, those are the two that I think would be the most likely to be able to pull this off. It'll be interesting to see what they do because they'll almost have to take it in a different direction, mm-hmm. and I think they'd be wise to take it in a slightly different direction. And people are gonna hate it because that's it seems like that's what people do now. Oh yeah, people are gonna hate it because that's that's the big trend. You have you have to hate it. Yeah, new new Doctor Who comes out, hate it. New Star Wars comes out, hate it. New, new Marvel movie comes out, hate it. Yeah. But uh if you on a tip from a fan, if you want to uh if you want to see something fantastic, watch get a hold of the deluxe edition of Big Trouble in Little China and watch the commentary with the commentary on. What's funny is I've owned that deluxe edition for a long time, and I don't think I've ever watched it. I never turned the commentary on. Oh, no, you need to. Yeah, because it's, um, it's got Kurt Russell and um, I just lost the director. Uh, John Carpenter? John Carpenter are the only two talking, and it's them talking about a movie they made in 1986 in 19, or 2009, and they're having all this kind of recollection, and they... I'm not sure if they are, but they sound drunk off their ass. And it is just hilarious banter between the two of them talking about the movie. It's really good stuff. Um, You do find out some cool stuff, you know, about how they tried to pitch the movie with the hero that's not the hero. You know, the sidekick is actually the hero type of thing, but and to the original producers and all that. But, um, you know, there's uh, commentary. We've really been digging commentary tracks recently. I need to start rewatching stuff with commentary on, you know, all my favorite shit. Yeah, and that's and that's the ones that I watch it on. It's like The Thing, Alien, Big Trouble in Little China. If there was a commentary, I got to find a commentary on Clue. Big because, Lebowski. Yeah, stuff that you know all the words to. Yeah. That it doesn't matter that you can't hear it because you can and then you can enjoy that. The Wizard of Oz, where that would probably just make you want to kill yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say not a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> so Patrick. Speaking of Wizard of Oz and other movies you like, I'm curious about this one. This is not the one that I thought you would be choosing. 
Well, I mean, it wasn't my first choice, but everything else I looked up was not like a definite for 2018. Mm. Um, the black hole would have been my first choice, but that's, you know, it's, it's stuck, unfortunately, in the black hole of development. Um, this is the only one that looks like it's going to be coming out in 2017. Um, even Conan is, is say, they're saying now it's going to be 2019. Huh. Wow. Yeah. This used to be, um, pretty much like it was locked in. David Fincher was going to make, you know, the 20,000 leagues under the sea remake. And then suddenly, you know, out of the blue, he was just outed and they were searching for a director for a while. And Brian Singer signed on to do it, you know, and everybody freaked out. They're like, what about the X-Men? He's like, I'm not abandoning the X-Men. I'm just going to go make this movie. And so actually, it's actually supposedly in production right now to be okay. released in 2018. Who, do you know anybody who's uh, who's supposed to be in it? Nope. <laughs> like literally they're, they're, they're doing set building and script writing. And everything. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they, and haven't, they haven't even started casting yet. So. Whether Singer has any control over the X-Men is going to be way up in the air with the Fox uh, being bought out by Disney. True. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they may just go in a whole other direction now. I would expect them to and incorporate uh, the X-Men into the MCU. But yeah, I mean, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was always a favorite book of mine. Jules Verne has always been one of my favorite writers. And the original movie made in 1954 is... Um, it's very dated, but I mean, it's still you know the the effects for the time were, were pretty good, and this, they stuck very well to the to the book. It's very um, and it's well done for its time, but I mean, it, like I said, it's very dated. You know, the 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 Nautilus, the the submarine, just looks uh, it basically basically looks like a big metal squid. Yeah, it looks it looks like a miniature. <laughs> yeah, and it's just you know, so I mean, it, it, this is a movie that could be really well done, you know nowadays and you know with the effects and everything on it you know so it's just a matter of uh getting a studio to get behind it because it's going to be expensive to be done right sure did you get a chance before it closed down to see the uh, Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea disney world ride yeah i did i got to ride on that back when i was uh, a kid and we went yeah i of course loved it <laughs> one of the things that i've always wanted and they i'm pretty sure they still may come out in disney because i see people on the online showing off pictures of it, but um, at the jungle room in Adventureland, you can get a tiki mug that looks like a half surfaced uh, Nautilus. Oh, neat! Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I know that the jungle room has its own problems because it was Iago's show mm-hmm. for a while, and uh, it didn't go over very well. Yeah, the I I saw the uh, Iago show, and it wasn't wasn't the jungle room. Um, but there, the, if anybody heads to Disney and wants to send me a couple tiki mugs, I'm looking for the, looking for the Nautilus and I'm looking for the Hitchhiking Ghosts. They have another mug that's the heads of the Hitchhiking Ghosts all stacked up on top of each other. So, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty sweet. But, um, but no, that I, I got to ride that ride too. And it was, I mean, I was nine, ten years old when I went on it. As far as I knew, I was all the way underwater, man. I mean, that was, I bought into it a hundred percent. Yeah, I think it, if I remember right, because I was very young when I went on it, I think it's been closed since '94 ish. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, we went when I was—I uh, had to have been like ten, so that would have been '82. Yeah, it, it was the year that Epcot opened because they were still building some of the rides at Epcot. Okay, so that was would have been like a year or two before I went, because I went the year Captain EO opened. 
Okay. At Epcot. Yeah, they, they were still working on that. That hadn't opened yet. Okay. So we're, we're totally off track. Yeah, we are. Although I guess we're still sort of talking about Oh, yeah, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It, they had a, it was a Disney ride with, like, really bad effects and everything, and the mermaids looked fake as shit. But it was fun. Yeah. Nine-year-old me, like I said, I'm underwater, there's a squid. Right? Right. It felt, it felt cool as a kid. You know, yeah. being I felt like I was inside the book that I liked, so it was good enough for me. Yeah. I, I just uh, did a search on Google. You can actually get YouTube videos of uh, the 20,000 Leagues ride. Oh, that's cool. That was, and I was right, it was 94. Nice. Because I was pretty sure I went just before it shut down, and again a couple of years after, which would have put it, uh, I, I don't think I don't think I went post-94, actually, because we would have already met at that point. Hmm. I think the last time I went to Disney would have been in high school. I only went the one time. I yeah, go we didn't go every year, but I think we went to uh, each of the parks at least twice. Yeah. I've never been to Universal Studios. I've never been to any of the... Like I said, I mean, Epcot was just literally opened that year when I went. Yeah, we I've been to, to Universal. Oh. We had to walk by some things that were still being built. Like, there was still scaffolding around some things. Mm. Yeah, I went to Universal Studios so long ago, the original Battlestar Galactica was still a part of the, the ride. <laughs> oh, weird. Nice. All right, so Josh, you have chosen yeah. a category versus well, something it's, specific. Yeah, I mean, we do video game shows now and again, and there are a few big video game remakes that are going to hit, at least one of which I think is going to be cobbled into a show. Go ahead, hit uh, me with it. What is it? Well, there's going to be a couple that aren't going to be able to make a show because no one but me is going to have any recollection of playing the original, uh, like System Shock 2. Oh, uh, I've played it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Think, yeah. System Shock was a System Shock. System Shock Two. A uh, great psychological messing with your head type uh, pick type of uh, game. Yeah, and because of rights issues, uh, the System Shock series made its way more into Bioshock. It kind of morphed into that mm-hmm. direction. But they're gonna remaster the original. Uh, they're talking about finally dropping the remaster of Resident Evil 2, which was a big deal. Hmm. But the big one uh, that will certainly, at least one part of it, will land next year and might actually make it onto the show is uh, they're finally going to uh, do a HD remake of Final Fantasy VII. Oh. Have I told you I've never played any of the Final Fantasy games? I think it's come up. Yeah. we've. I, I recall you saying that. I... I can't really see them being your cup of tea because they are kind of grindy. Well, and JRPGs are completely different from RPGs that either have a connection to uh, pen and paper or are the more traditional narrative. Like, I could see you getting into The Witcher, but right, JRPGs. Yeah, I want to play that, yeah. Yeah, JRPGs are kind of their own thing, where you aren't making your own character. You're playing through the narrative they've written for you, and you're managing your inventory and fighting a bunch of battles. Most of the time it's going to be turn-based, but not always. Mm. A lot of times now, especially there's a, a big, since Final Fantasy twelve, they had the switch where they, you can actually set up characters and assign what they do so when you go into combat you don't have to tell everybody what to do at the same time everyone's kind of you pre-program them sort of yeah, they, have, um, they have that mechanic in pillars of eternity okay 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember because right around, I think 11 and 14 are the MMOs. Mm Mm-hmm. I think 12 is the first where it's almost more action-y. 12 was the... Yeah, I'm trying to remember number 12 was. I think... Is 12 the Zodiac Age? I think so, yeah. Yeah, which uh, I think uh, has been remade for modern consoles and is supposed to come to PC this year. So I I could see us doing a general Final Fantasy show, not Mm -hmm. just focusing on 7. Because a lot of those original ones, uh, everyone of us will be able to get access to. I got the RetroPie. They're floating around, whether on virtual consoles or through emulation. Mm-hmm. And, Pat, you can even, um, yeah, with the emulators, you can get one on, like, you have the iPhone? Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a NES and a Game Boy emulator for the iPhone. But you can't play Final Fantasy on it because that would be illegal. <laughs> we don't want to encourage that kind of behavior no (laughs) i have no idea where you might be able to get something like that he said and i have a retro pie but you of course you can't play final fantasy on that either because that would be illegal don't do that kids wink wink (laughs) so yeah i mean it's always rough we were talking about it earlier to do video game shows but I, i think that final fantasy is one that's big enough that it's bound to happen. They're doing uh, a Street Fighter 30th anniversary. We've done a fighting game show, so that probably won't make it onto the show as its own thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to at least see some of the uh, classics. Maybe we'll finally get around to doing a Legend of Zelda show. Well, uh, yeah. Well, there's an, I really, I need to get my hands on a Switch. Yeah, it's one of those. I'm I having difficulty justifying it because my last Nintendo console I didn't play very often, and I completely skipped the Wii U. Mm. But yeah, the Switch is calling me, man. Yeah, Switch. I there's a couple people on um on my on my commute that have Switches, and I sat I sat behind a guy the other day, and he was playing uh he's playing the new Zelda game while sitting there. I had a man. I was like, oh. That looks so good. Yeah, for a lot of people, it was their game of the year last year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I mean, there's tons of... I mean, the thing is, the I think the game industry itself, the remakes that people are looking for right now are pushing more towards, um, like, PS2 remakes. Like, I know Devil May Cry is coming out with a new one. They're, re- you know, doing another one of those. Secret of Mana. For sure. They're doing an HD remaster of Shadow of the Colossus, uh-huh. uh, which, yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff out there that isn't really appropriate for our show, but I'm excited to see. Mm-hmm. What about, we got to figure out, maybe could we possibly do a show about things like uh, Civ? Or The Sims. <sighs> yes. Simulation games, it would be, be difficult to make it interesting, maybe. I mean, I want to do more video game shows, but considering that... Uh, Empire... Remember that game? Mm-hmm. I used mm-hmm. to love that game. It's a low graphic uh, conquest turn-based game, you know, and like you could do it on different terrains and whatever, and build your own maps and shit. You don't remember that one? No, I remember uh, Age of Empires. Nope, no, this is pre- this predated that. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. It's an older game. Uh, Age of Empires is getting a, uh, a remake, yeah. or at least a definitive edition, sometime this year. It was one that I never really got into. Yeah, me either. But 
Sims and Civ, I got into pretty big. I have not been Civ. I've played a ton of Sims, not so much. Though Sophie is currently <clears throat> playing Sims right now, and she's then then falls into the the category of conversation where she's like, "God, my Sim is just making a mess of her house. She's not. I have to pick up for her this, that, and the other." <laughs> I'm just like, "Do you see the irony here?" You know, it's like, <laughs> but I get smolians if I pick up her house. Like you, you get food if you pick up your room. <laughs> but uh, Mega Man, that's you with certain things too, you know. Yeah, uh, one coming but out too. She knows that she's gonna get that no matter what. She doesn't yeah, have that. I know. You're gonna feed her. You, you'll, she'll call your bluff. Yeah, she will. Um, one that I think we really should do too is uh, Mech Warrior Mercenaries. Oh yeah, that's a good call. Mech, they just did the Kickstarter for it. Yep, Mech Warrior Five is coming out in sometime this year, 2018. That was originally in my notes to talk about, but uh, I forgot about it. <laughs> well, I mean, and now it's you can get it for it's a free to play on uh, Steam right now too. Well, oh, the Mech Warrior Online. Yeah, Mech Warrior Online. Pat, Mac, Mech Warrior. What is that like the uh, BattleTech? Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. It's like the pot. You... I was never any good at that, but it was fun. Yeah. You get yourself a nice big uh, robot. Yeah, big lumbering tank. Yeah. That'd actually be a pretty sweet show to talk about our times going down to the BattleTech Center at North Pier and, and then uh, Anna Gen Con too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, Joel, t- take a look at Mech Warrior Five. <laughs> Joel and his chicken walker. <laughs> that was always the funniest bit when they did the replays of us in this titanic clash of titans and Joel with his little gimpy leg limping along in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a fast one. But uh but no, I mean it's I think there's enough um I just lost the word franchises out there that you can that'll that'll trace back to pre-2000 for us. So I think we should be all right. That's what I was looking at. Yeah, it's BattleTech that uh, just did a $2.8 million Kickstarter. Okay. And they're going to be published by uh, Paradox. Oh, nice. And, yeah, uh, it's going to be a turn-based game that's all about uh, the pilots inside the mechs. It's going to be uh, co-designed by Jordan Weissman and uh, game designer Mick Gittleman, uh, Mitch Gittleman. So uh, yeah, that that's gonna be one that uh, if we can get our hands on it, I would not mind at all. Harebrain Schemes is the same company that did Shadowrun Returns, Shadowrun Dragonfall, and Shadowrun Hong Kong, which I just beat today, actually. Nice. But uh, but yeah, oh, um, another one that I see in here, the Beyond Good and Evil, is another one of those that's coming out. Oh, yeah, the sequel's finally coming out. They did the trailer at the last E3, and it's uh, unusually adult for a game with a bunch of animal Yeah, when, when your partner is a anthropomorphic pig. Yeah, and you look at the trailer, and it's like a Guy Ritchie movie. They're constantly dropping F-bombs. Mm-hmm. That's, I played the first one several times, finished it several times. It's a great, great game. I got it on Steam. I never finished. That's good stuff. But, uh... Maybe even like in the vein of um, Final Fantasy, maybe just choosing a game creator, a, a game company, you know, like Square becoming, you know, Square Enix or Nintendo or Sega, the Rise and Fall and kind of Rise Again of Sega and that sort of thing. 
Yeah, I'd like to do some more video game shows just because I know that we've got gamers in our audience and it is a big part of my life. Oh, yeah. Got my PSP sitting in my bag for every time I go out to uh, get on the train. So, but uh, yeah. So, Josh, what do we. Well, uh, and for anybody that hasn't noticed, we have not. Joel has not been on mute this entire time. <laughs> I, I was just going to let it go. Yeah, I got to tell, you know, because somebody's going to. I don't want people to worry. He's just not feeling well, so he dropped out after his. So we uh, killed him. Yes. So <laughs> that's why Patrick dove out a little bit. He was smothering him with a pillow. <laughs> Hunger game style. Like a horse. They get lame, you got to shoot them. Yep. So we have an opening. <laughs> You'd like to give us a call and ask us about our openings? Wait, no. Yeah. <laughs> give us a call anyway at 708 now wrap. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And uh, again, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, all podcasting and stuff out there. We are there. And also noon on Geek Life Radio on Saturdays. Uh, next week, Heather's versus Mean Girls. Yeah, this is one we've been kicking around for a while. Um, uh, two, I don't want to say they're both comedies, because Heather's isn't really, but they're two movies about high school cliques of unpleasant girls. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I enjoy both movies, so I'm looking forward to talking about both of them. Very nice. I, well, you know what? I'll, never, I'll save it. All right. You're going to let it hang there for a year? A year? We're doing week. it next week. Week. A week. Week. Definitely got. I got to write that down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How long do you think these breaks are in between shows? It seems like forever. Uh, all right. I will. Uh, we will talk to you next week. All right. That'll. That's it for us. Toodaloo. Never say die. Beat me to it. I was just about to do that. Damn it. The fuck is going on? Hello. Hey. Welcome back. Welcome to 40 Going On 14, episode 222. (laughs) What? I think we might need to start over. What just happened? Did you guys. (laughs) We didn't hear shit. You really? Down and everything cut out, so we started singing. Oh, shit. (laughs) We sang the whole theme song with the sound bites and everything. What the hell? Why didn't you hear anything? (laughs) Why didn't you hear us while we were doing that? Because I dropped my headphones and went over because I realized I didn't have the heat vent open down here because I was freezing my ass off. (laughs) Well, we're like, what the hell's going on? (laughs) Burn it. (laughs) There's your stinger. Wait, you didn't hear? (laughs) You don't don't hear that? No. No. Fuck. What now?